Welcome to Justice Losers, the most unqualified podcast with more irrelevant questions about entertainment, namely movies, TVs, and comics. I'm your host, Preston, joined as always by my delightful co-host, Matt. Batman. And joined for the, oh, probably about fourth time. Roughly. Our good buddy, Brendan. I'm not going to make the joke that Matt made because I'm a professional. <laughs> Do not talk with that toothpick <laughs> in your mouth the entire episode. The toothpick? The, huh? The toothpick? The toothpick? Pretty sure I said toothpick. Doesn't matter. Who cares? James Bond. What a guy. What a dude. This is plural. Dudes. Yeah, true. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. This is episode 200. We've done 200 episodes. I'm so sorry. Plus reviews. Plus many, many reviews. Yep. Solid handful of reviews. Oh my god. Two minisodes? Two minisodes in there? Yeah, maybe, we had... Maybe three. Maybe three, if you include, I think, the Christmas episode yeah. from last year. Yep. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, this is our last content episode for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, as many people, as you might know from our announcements of previous episodes, uh, and also the Instagram post that I made, yes, I will have made it by then. I mean, it's created. It's on my phone. Right. I just haven't posted it. Uh, yeah, we, uh, we'll, we're continuing doing episodes every week. Yep. Uh, it's just going to alternate between what you've been up to's and then the next week is news. Yep. Uh, so we'll just spend a little bit more time on it. There might be some short episodes in there. Sure. Um, but Matt and I have, uh, limited time as it is mm-hmm. researching content takes time and yep. we have not been doing it justice. And so we are readjusting how we're going to do content. It will come back, come back eventually, uh, more thoroughly researched and maybe in a different uh, formula. We'll so, see. We'll see how that goes. Idea. We've got some ideas percolating. Yep. Percolating? Percolating? That's Percolator. Hmm. Uh, uh. Anyway. Talk about James Bond today, though. Boy, are we. It is. Uh, when is uh, No Time to Die come out? October 5th. October maybe. 5th. When does this episode come out? Hopefully before then. Definitely before then, but pretty close. Uh, Could have another delay. Who knows? Before. Oh, don't. Don't. <laughs> oh, it's going to make us look real bad if there is a delay between recording and releasing. Just yeah. edit it out. Huh? Well. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, so what we're going to do, we have our friend Brendan on today. And that is because Brendan is a massive nerd about James Bond. Uh, you've seen all of the movies? Yes. Multiple times? Yes. Probably a select several of them many, many multiple times. You have your favorites. Um, Matt has seen... I've seen a majority. Almost all of them. I've seen uh, some of them. (laughs) (laughs) I have seen the original, like the first two, uh, because I was going to try to do a marathon and then I got busy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then I have also seen, in in, in horrifically incorrect order... All of the at least passable Daniel Craig one, da- Daniel Craig, yes, that's his name, Daniel Craig ones. I haven't seen Quantum of Solace, but I've seen uh, Casino, I've seen Spectre, I've seen Skyfall. Did he count Spectre as one of the passable ones? I hear it's better than Quantum of Solace. It's a that's, low bar. Yeah, it's a low but bar. I was, but it's but an my filter question. was just to filter out that one. <laughs> valid, valid. I think Quantum of Solace might be a worse movie, but it's a more interesting movie. Okay. Well, it's really we, close to being really good. I have, we might get into that. Yeah. 
I, I, I like to discuss that a little bit more. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm, I'm with uh, you, but... So what, what I kind of want to do, this might be a little bit of a long one, because there's a lot to discuss, because it's an entire franchise with, with two people who have seen a lot of them. And, and there's like 24, 24 movies. Yeah. 24 movies. It's like doing... 26. It's like doing an episode just on the MCU and expecting yep. it to be short. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. buckle in. Um, the way we're going to kind of do this, because I haven't seen them... Like all of them, and haven't read a single book. Matt, you've read a few. I have read in the past. several of the books. It's been a little while. Yeah, but yeah. Um, and I have not. I've read the Young Bond books at whenever oh, I was in like sixth grade. Those were my jam about that time. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I've not touched one of the books. So what we're gonna do? We we're gonna really... talk about it all for a little bit. We're gonna talk about sure. the movies and stuff like that, and then also talk about kind of what makes James Bond. Um, like who is James Bond? Who who are James uh, Bond? Who are James? Jamothy Bondes, Bondeson? Jame, James Agar Bondagon? Brenda, <laughs> <laughs> do you get that joke? I don't know if you get that joke. I'm picturing it in my head, and it's just a weird image. It's uh, There's a character in The Inhumans, which was the terrible movie that TV show, TV show that came out for the MCU, uh, and one of the characters' name is Black Bolt. But his full name is... Blackagar Boltagon. <laughs> Super stupid. Uh, and then we've got a little game at the end uh, just to uh, pit the two of you guys against each other. And I will be mediating that because I am unqualified. Uh, for the viewers, for the watchers, mm -hmm. the video consumers, you can see that we are all drinking martinis. Not completely accurate. They use bourbon, bourbon, not vodka. But my dad was making them and gave them to us. So we're taking them. Yeah, they're, they're pretty great. Um, for the uh, audio listeners, pff, that's un irrelevant. <laughs> for the audio listeners? I was really hoping you would choke yourself on that. Matt is sipping on a nice barrel-aged bourbon with a cherry inside of the glass. Gage so James Bond, let's... Uh... <laughs> Gage is going to kill me. <laughs> um, what is James Bond? James Bond is a fictional spy for the spy agency MI6 created by Ian Fleming, uh, based loosely at least on his experiences working in naval intelligence, I believe, during World War II. Um, it's supposed to be an amalgamation of a bunch of different people that he met that were more out in the field. He was more kind of a behind-the-scenes kind of guy. Um, but he smushed them all together and uh, made it a little more fantastical and wrote some books about it. Those books turned out to be pretty popular, so they made some movies about them. Are uh, books still coming out? He's dead, isn't he? Oh, long dead. Long oh, dead. okay. But books My are still... My question still stands. Are books books still... are still coming out. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's kind of... Think of the same way of uh, Tolkien. Oh, okay. We have, we have the estate, and the estate can approve on one author's writings. Like, the Young Bond books came out in the late 90s, early 2000s, I think. Mid-aughts, I think. Yeah. And so, I mean... At that point, I think he died in in the late 60s. Okay. Yeah. Roughly. So, you know, yeah. think but, for yourself on that timeline. Yeah. Mm -hmm. they, yeah, they're still doing books. Yeah. Okay. They've been doing movies since 1962. 62. Well, uh, when did you say he died? 67. Uh, 67. Okay, so he got to see the first... Yep. First couple. First and couple he, come out. He hated Dr. No. Hmm. Why? He just thought it was not in line with his vision. He didn't really like it. Well... Hmm. How about that? He liked Sean Connery. As and, like as James Bond or right, just like and, Sean Connery. And I've heard some 
some stories to where, because Sean Connery is Scottish, that's why Ian Fleming decided to kind of retcon Bond's background of saying that he is of Scottish lineage and descent. As I understand it, his backstory wasn't really fleshed out prior to the movies coming out. Okay. So he took a couple of the Connery elements and Mm -hmm. worked them in there. Including the Scottishness. And the creation of the character. As some, something I loved was that he wanted him to have the most boring name imaginable. James Bond is a real person. He's an ornith- he's an American ornithologist. <laughs> and he thought... Well, I, that's that's so interesting that he want, that, that James Bond was intended to be the most boring name. And now it just like culturally has so much force behind it. Yeah. Yep. Now all <laughs> the spies no, have JB as their initials. But he oh, wanted God, really? God. Jason Bourne? Oh. Oh no. How oh, many God. more? George Smiley? I can spell words. <laughs> but the idea was he wanted to have someone who was Jack Black. Oh. Yeah. He's a spy. Jack Bauer. Who? Jack Bauer. 24. What's uh What's the 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 Jack Jack Ryan? Jack Ryan, that's a B. Not it's quite. not a B. Jack Ryan. <gasps> also, if you just like kind of bend the R a little bit, it's a B. Jack Bayan. Jack yeah, Jack Bayan. What, anyway, what? Brendan, what were you saying? I inter- interrupted you like twice. <laughs> uh um no, he, he wanted him to be kind of like a boring looking guy, boring sounding guy mm-hmm. that interesting things happen to. And really exotic, wild things happen too. It's a very British way of looking at things. That's really interesting. Like you said, that's like his origin, like what his intent was for the books mm-hmm. and the character. Yeah, and yeah. the character is that like? For, do you recall that being yes. very much? That's. I don't really remember that being the thing in the movies at all. Like I feel like that aspect has just completely disappeared from the movies. Because in movies, I don't think that actually translates very well. If anything, it translates more to a comedy. That's true. Yep. Just have normal uptight british guy and all of a sudden throw him in the middle of india and all of a sudden there's you know a tiger here and people dancing around and someone with rocket propelled boobs or whatever pops out (laughs) pops out of the ground things like this happen in there and you meet someone named pussy galore it's like it would come out as a comedy more so than it would be a serious movie what what is the double o uh program in the books then like it's is it the best spies around because i feel like less so spies i've never looked at them as they are spies they're never he is rarely ever doing proper intelligence gathering Mm -hmm. and intelligence work if anything he is very aware of that (laughs) if anything he is sent in whenever there is a specific problem and a lot of times you'll run across he goes in there because agents who are already in the field have died have been kidnapped have been dis have have been disappeared, have disappeared, and he needs to figure <laughs> out what happens. Have been made disappeared. And his whole goal is use any means necessary to figure out what's going on and potentially put a stop to whatever bad things are happening. He's the closer. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That feels... That feels like it doesn't make sense among itself. Like, the fact that he's just a boring guy that interesting things happen to, but gets sent to, like interesting places well also let's i think boring guy that things interesting happens to is a little bit of a simplification yeah it's he's not necessarily a super flashy all over the place kind of playboy like daniel craig like sean connery like sean connery okay yeah sean connery added a lot of 
zazz, zazzle to it. Uh, yep. It's, he was supposed to be the cold professional, mm. which is honestly why kind of Daniel Craig, I think, fits the bill a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think I I love Sean Connery and I think he's better. I'm still mad he ignored my wedding invite. Yeah. <laughs> he had the nerve to die on my wedding day. Oh yeah, that's true. Yikes! That did happen. That happened. Forgot that happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what? Let, let's let's talk about the movies because that's the easiest thing for people to relate yeah. to and yeah. for you both to talk about intensely. <laughs> what do you think makes? a James Bond in the movies. Like what are what are the aspects that you kind of look for when you're watching the movies? Like you're watching and you you're watching a new one, like mm-hmm. a new actor. What 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 do you kind of think of when you're like this is what I expect from a James Bond? Person? They got to be they got to be cool. Character. They got to be cool. Got to be cool. That's just plain and Define simple. Define cool. No. <laughs> you can good podcast i'm on a pot i'm on a podcast in norman oklahoma do you really think i know what cool is define what you think cool is in terms of james bond he is the ultimate masculine fantasy he drinks smokes womenizes and gambles all he wants and yet he's in tip-top shape and is always able to save the day and complete the mission he's got a great watch drives a killer car he seems you never see really a an annoyed Bond. You see sometimes an angry, vengeful, ready to go, but you never see him. He's unflappable. Mm-hmm. Great one. He's yep. solid level. If he's happy, cool. Angry, usually, cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. What else? Irresistible to women. That's, I feel like that kind of fits in that uh, that same thing. So that, that's... Okay, so we've, 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 you know, we've nailed the personality mm-hmm. of like, what he's supposed to be like. Mm-hmm. Looks um, great in a speedo. Is that a is that a thing that happens but, often? Yeah. Is there Sean Connery in a speedo? Yes, actually. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sorry, a speedo. What? Uh, what, uh, what do you expect the story to be like? Well, and that's actually a good mm-hmm. uh, a question, kind of relating to the books as well. Like, yeah. Um, what do you expect the movie to do? Would you like to start? I'll start. Um, I think that ultimately the movies kind of fall into two separate categories, actually. Okay. Um, I think a lot of them, and I think a lot of what people think of the classic Bond formulation is um, he goes on some mission and discovers there's some secret bad guy doing some secret bad guy plot with space lasers or something. Um, and... He has to stop him. Um, he has some cool gadgets that he's picked up from Q, who is a mm-hmm. standby, and under the direction of M, who is a series standby. Um, and he uh, goes on the mission. He seduces one or several women and or men along the way, um, including usually someone who is... Um, he is either seduced by or seduces someone that is close to the villain um, and often ends up getting betrayed uh, by them. He... Yep. <laughs> a view that I've seen. Good. Yep. Uh, he shoots a bunch of people. Does some uh, things that would definitely spark some international incidents and saves the day. Anything to add? Yeah. 
Um, I guess what I, you know, kind of you asked, you know, what do I look for? I think, again, there are two kind of categories. Oh, I forgot to hit my second category. I woke myself up and did one point out of two. Second, I think, is a little more... Get out of here, Brendan. (laughs) Screw what you were going to (laughs) say. It's a little closer to true espionage. And a lot of this is the Cold War era stuff. Hmm. Um, So I'm thinking of From Russia with Love, uh, The Living Daylights, um, even uh, the Brosnan one where he is on a torture wheel at the end. There's a submarine. Can't remember which one that one is. Oh, is it the world is not enough? Yes, probably. Okay, um, that one. Uh, they tend to be more lower level. Um, I mean, it's still like he's fighting the KJB and the KGB's best super agents. Um, but it's um, it is more interested in the spycraft and the sneaking around and the forming alliances. That's another thing that Bond is really good at. Is he always has a friend in whatever exotic location mm-hmm. he goes to, and he's um, very personable and makes friends easily, and you see how he builds these relationships and how that helps him on his quests. Okay. So we got the spy movie that I don't like and the spy movie that I would, in theory, like. Yeah, I mean, they're not super in-depth espionage movies, right. but they're more yeah. espionage formulated. Okay. This sounds like a dig on them, but they are not really deep. I think yeah. they are they are supposed to be fun somewhat lighthearted although it will dive into really serious kind of dark topics usually um but you go into it and you don't have like a normal kind of villain where it's you know oh i'm gonna take over new jersey and i'm gonna be the biggest crime boss over here blah 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 it's i'm going to blow up the entire gold supply of fort knox in order to boost my own gold value and send the world into an economic downturn you get outlandish things and because it doesn't take itself seriously it fits it works Mm -hmm. it means you don't have to sit there and go i'm going to analyze this plot until it is fallen into the ground it's okay i really enjoy that oh but i enjoyed this detail i thought that was really cool how they did this Mm -hmm. it's it's supposed to be a little fun it's supposed to be just weird and kind of wacky again i think Mm -hmm. it's a very british style of making films Mm mm-hmm so, uh, that always has been something that, um, I feel like lately they're trying to make things more grounded. Mm-hmm. Like they're trying to kind of like the blowing up the gold supply of Fort Knox on my own thing. And like, there's been, uh, what was it? Um, Casino Royale, which was, um, it included, uh, the dude shorting, um, airplanes airlines before 9 11 mm-hmm. there was like an element of like him doing that in the past like that just yeah. like kind of outlandish stuff but i feel like the more recent stuff is less like that yeah i would say casino royale is probably the most grounded of the series um, okay at least among the recent ones um because it is much more about like just the, the finances of he's, oh, he's going after yeah. a terrorist financier yeah that's yeah. true um you never mess with the money. The money is always the core. Mm-hmm. And I, that, that's, there's actually like a really hard split in the Bond, like the whole timeline of it all. Mm-hmm. And it starts with Timothy Dalton. At the end of the Roger Moore era, that's when things really stop. And you still have some wild, wacky stuff. <laughs> <For> <laughs> the sure. Brosnan era is, I mean, rife with that. Okay. But 
it's there is a really hard tone tonal shift and going from all right here's just roger moore in a suit at the age of like 800 um sometimes in a clown suit don't remind me (laughs) and somehow he's still climbing up like the side of a building or whatever or a wall Mm -hmm. and then it goes to okay now we see a much sleeker more visceral kind of bond that's a lot more like okay I'm going to go here and I'm going to go through and shoot every person I come across mm-hmm. and figure out what's going on. Like you're, you're right. But that, that is the beginning of that shift. Let's yeah. talk about that a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Like you guys have probably have seen ha- having you, you having seen all of them multiple times um, can sort of identify like what each era, meaning each bond attempts to do. Um, you think maybe? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I just wanted to make sure that you didn't more like I have no. Like idea they they, they have like a pretty common goal across all of them. I mean, right. understandably, but right. each one does something very set and specific. So what's Connery's? Like, what's the thing that that comes to mind that distinguishes Connery versus the rest? With Connery and Moore, they're supposed to be the ultimate man of their respective decade. Okay. Yeah. Connery is driving around in a DB five. He's got a killer suit on. He's got a Rolex Mariner, uh, which at that time was actually kind of... There's some real watch nerdery right there of like... That was specifically for professional divers and military people. They were issued to like naval officers. And that's his own background. It's, you know, this dude did everything cool and slick. That was the 60s. Then you have Roger Moore who shows up in tan suits he has a little bit more ploofed up hair Mm -hmm. he'll be in some more wacky 70s and early 80s kind of stuff where it's you know okay haha all right that's a little strange and i I stand by roger moore is the only one who i don't think could kick my ass (laughs) he is the least intimidating bond by a long shot and i think that 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 changes a little bit going into uh I mean, they all kind of look like their respective decades ideals, but that like embodiment, I think, stops with more. And once you get to Dalton, mm-hmm. it's supposed to be, hey, no, I'm actually a spy. Take me seriously. And then try too hard. Kind of follows the trajectory of comic books where 60s is like the original stuff, the golden age. And then right. 70s mm-hmm. is sort of the uh, imitation well, and I things. Mean, golden age ended in 53, but that's fine. <laughs> there, there's a lot of you know you, well it, golden age of bond oh, like okay, it's the okay, original okay. original see, stuff yeah. um and then the the 70s the thing that comes after is a little more flaccid and a little less um it's got less to it less substance mm-hmm. um less excitement uh and then the 80s with dalton get a real hard edge to it, yeah. like you were talking about and i mean culturally you look at the kind of line 60s cold war you had kennedy in office you'd never seen a young in shape kind of handsome president like that before the 70s you got nixon and then you got gerald ford everyone's wearing beige and polyester and <laughs> the whole the whole idea is to be comfortable and yeah. everything yeah. that's the 70s and that's reflected in the movies yep okay yeah. who's next who's the next one uh after dalton pierce um, brosnan pierce brosnan in the Ooh, 90s is... get some of the extreme 90s a little bit yep. yeah a lot of uh silver plastic yep Silver plastic. Silver what? Things get bigger. The computer age starts yep. to take hold. Oh, yeah. 
Um, Which I think, I think some of my favorite, uh, at least one of my favorite plots is from the Brosnan era. Okay. Uh, And that's from Tomorrow Never Dies. I've realized recently I have a horrible memory when it comes to exact movie titles, which sucks because I'm trying to be an expert right now. <laughs> um, no, That's it's... okay. That's why we're an unqualified podcast. Exactly. Hey. Even our experts don't have to be the most qualified. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's... Uh, he's supposed to... The main villain oh, is a media mogul. And his whole goal is to use various incidents that he causes or looks at to spin them in order to begin a war between the UK and China. Mm. And it's mm. like, oh... This one's really cool. Also one of the most gruesome Bond villain deaths. That's something else. The villain almost always has to die a very, like, most everyone else gets shot. The villain gets, like, blown up by an air compressor (laughs) or gets fed into a giant drilling machine. How does Mickelson die? He just gets shot. Yeah. Because the Craig ones are more grounded. Yeah. That's true. Mm -hmm. Well, some of the deaths are pretty good. Quantum of Solace. 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 Villain death. He... Sulake. He wanders into the... He's forced to walk into the desert and given only a bottle of motor oil. And he drinks it after... Oh. Out of desperation at some point. Hmm. So there's two other things I want to approach. Bond girls. That is a... Mm-hmm. That Hot is topic. an actual phrase because that's just something that happens in that franchise yep what what is a bond girl and not just like oh it's the girl that bond seduces or gets seduced by like mm-hmm. what why do they deserve a special title because it's almost a joke at this point like and not yep. for the women not in the sake of like the women it's, <laughs> all the women are it's jokes like, <laughs> Ooh, that'd, be, that'd be bad to say no um your it's, wife is probably gonna listen to this episode <laughs> gage you can edit that together in an incriminating way right <laughs> You know, the swords are on her side of the bed. Uh, <laughs> no, it's... it. I mean, look, you had a movie in 1964 that got filmed in the U.S. where the Bond girl was named Pussy Galore. Yeah. <laughs> Another one was named Holly Goodhead. <laughs> like, it's... It is so corny. Yeah. It, it is... I, I stand by something I said a while ago, and that is, I think it is outdated. And... Mm. The but bond, like the Bond girl, right? The, the whole idea of like it's just someone that he seduces. It's frequent now that you know the Bond girl who he does seduce is another agent, right? Be it from Russia, or, which like okay, that I feel a little bit better about because it makes them have their own qualifications and story and makes them sure they're there for another reason aside from looking pretty, right? Which bothers me to no end. Yeah, they need a little agency, but right. Yeah, no, typically in the past they were either just eye candy or they're, um, in Pussy Galore's case, they're a villain henchman, henchwoman, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, and what either... was the, what was kind of the, the switch of, like, cause I, cause mm-hmm. in Quantum, or the Casino Royale, so that's as far back as I can go, mm-hmm. she's a badass in it. Yeah. Um, in her own way, yeah. In her own way. And so when do, when do you think that kind of, they realized, hmm, maybe respect women, <laughs> at least superficially. It's kind of peppered through. It, it can be a Gradual. little... Because, I mean, you get the henchwoman bonds that are scary enough in their own right. Xenia mm-hmm. on a top. 
What's these names? <laughs> I mean, come on. You have a movie called Octopussy. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah, I can't say for sure, like, when it, re- like, for sure started. From Russia with Love, another agent, and it right. works there. And that's really yeah. early on. Yeah. And, the, uh, and she's not, like, a proper agent, necessarily. Yeah. Like, I feel like that one, like, she has stakes within the plot herself but she doesn't have as much agency as a character Mm -hmm. she is just like oh this is the um the pretty face that's gonna fall in love with bond yeah and sometimes it's at least the i what i think are the funniest ones are you think they're the bond girl but they're actually working for the villain and they immediately die Mm. yeah just because it's like aha gotcha thought thought we had you go in there for something and they do something what does piss me off about that usually is like it's they die in such a really stupid way mm-hmm. um i jump to think of uh live and let die mm. the the woman who you think is supposed to be like okay wow she's i think she was the first ever black technically bond girl mm-hmm. um and this is 1971 talk about that um and turns out no she was working for the for the villain and she runs off into the jungle and you just don't see her again. Because she gets scared by something that she probably knew was there and died. Huh. Yeah. I mean, you, the, the whole thing you were saying about the way that they work is, like, it has to be constant because it fit with my vague knowledge of, like, in, in Casino Royale. It's the one I've seen most recently. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing. Turns out she's a bad guy. Spoilers. Doesn't matter. We're talking about James Bond. If you haven't seen him, you're probably not interested in him. 15 years old yeah. at this point. Yeah. Uh, turns out she's the bad guy and then dies by getting stuck in a cage underwater. Like, Which there, there is a little bit more detail to that. I think the, the Craig movies are the first ones where they actually have like somewhat of a continuous thread through them. Aside from right. the fact that mm-hmm. Spectre exists and it is there. Yeah. Right. And that was... Uh, um, Craig was the first, um, actual, like, explicit reboot. It was the yep. first time they yep. actually, like, reused the villains, which, what do you feel about that? It was probably time. Yeah. I mean, they were running out of material from Fleming's books at that point. Right. Mm-hmm. And Blofeld is such a, inspector as an organization, is such a Pandora's box. Mm-hmm. You can, you can pull whatever you want out of it. And fit it in because the whole organization is they function as terrorists, counter-terrorists, whatever someone who's willing to pay them to do, they will do. Hmm. And especially right now, whenever the whole idea of the world, like, thank God, rarely it's country versus country in a conflict right now. But it's a country or a, or a group against an idea, against right. a place. It's It's a lot scarier. But it's so much more flexible when you're yeah. writing a story. Yep. Yeah. Um, no, I I like that they rebooted it because I think they were running out of places to go. Um, I don't love necessarily the interconnectedness of the Craig Bonds. Okay. Um, I think that's a weakness overall, partly because Spectre was, it was sort of loosely connected before that, but then Spectre was kind of like, Oh, you remember those last three movies you saw? Guess what? They were all the same plot. It was all part of this master plan all along. Ah! 
and it it, da, da, da. it really feels like they were just making it up as they went along because they because it felt like they were retconning it it was yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah they you know they mentioned like oh yeah all of these were connected but you look back and it's like okay this sort of works y'all could have actually committed to the damn thing and gone yeah. through on it but if they drop some big hints throughout their like the specter ghost or is it an octopus i don't know i think it's a ghost i think it's an octopus fair enough fight good fight uh so <laughs> <laughs> they could have dropped some bigger hints and made it a little bit tougher and yeah. they just yeah. they didn't know they wanted to do that yeah and, and it's really tough to do whenever you have an actor who by the time skyfall came out wanted to be done with it yeah oh yeah because bless his heart he will have been bond i think he has the longest tenure longest tenure bond. but not the most movies i believe right the... that's more who has yeah. that honor yep yeah um which typecasting is a thing. I mean, Connery after that, yeah, he had some different roles here and there, but he always had to become the kind of cool, usually older guy. So at the end Craig of has some good, solid uh, ant- or, uh, uh, counter typecasting roles before Bond and actually yeah. kind of in the middle of it. So I think he'll be okay. I think he um, should. He, he yeah. will not let himself be typecast. No, no. He's, I mean, especially you can see it with uh, Knives Out. He yeah. mm. let himself have a lot of fun and everyone liked it. And so mm-hmm. I think that is a single movie, if any, that is going to help him. Yeah, like, majorly so. Yeah, Like, break out of it and just have some fun with movies. Which, this is one of those, like, James Bond is one of those franchises at this point that I feel like it's, it's like Harry Potter, where the three stars just stocked away their massive profit from that movie. And they're just coasting now. The f*** is Radcliffe doing these days? <laughs> it, it, someone made a joke about like Snoop because he was doing Snoop Dogg because he was doing random things, and it's like he already completed the main story. He's just doing side missions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, uh, Elijah Wood is a great example of that. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, he went from Lord of the Rings to Wilbur. Yeah, like just <laughs> random crap that you don't Wilbur? expect. Wilfred. Wilfred, that's right. Wilfred. The, yeah. Which I forget is actually a thing that was uh, a funny show did y'all ever see the trust with elijah wood and nicholas cage no. no it's a sort of a dark comedy buddy cop movie is that um, one of the ones that nick cage randomly was good in yeah he flips a coin when getting a role <laughs> yeah it's a it's a little movie that like no one's ever heard of three million dollar budget um huh nicholas cage and elijah wood are buddy cut or they're cops in vegas and cage is a definitely a dirty cop and elijah wood is kind of just a just happy to be here kind of guy um sort of nervous and neurotic and they but team see, up to do a heist and there's some fun plot twists along the way and it gets kind of dark and it's really great but see, you could not reverse those roles <laughs> <laughs> that'd just be confusing wow we took a strong tangent that's, that's what fine. we do check out the trust check that out yeah um, what are the questions you got, nerd? So, we actually never finished one series of questions oh. uh, going through the Bonds and talking about kind of like oh, yeah. your yeah, opinions yeah. in general of the era and what you think that they are and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, what was we, we talked about Connery. We talked a little bit about... More. 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 We There's... skipped Lazenby entirely. We skipped yep. Lazenby entirely. Uh, we also skipped Niven. Niven? Doesn't really count. Doesn't count? Okay, good. I want no. to take that out. Because you guys is, said six. So there are there are technically seven people who have played James Bond throughout like all of the history and everything. And of all the movies, there are two non-canonical movies. And they're both Niven? No. Oh. 
Niven is one of them. Okay. And that Casino Royale is, I watched it once. You need to be tripping <laughs> to enjoy. It is a weird movie. I mean, Formula One drivers. Oh, it is the, a different Casino Royale. Yeah, no, yeah. It's, a, it's a comedy. It's a and then Barry Nelson with Climax. Is that the other one? No. Oh. No. I thought that was Never Say Never Again. Yeah. Where uh, Sean Connery comes back in the 1980s. Oh. <laughs> Old man Bond up in here. I want to see. What's Climax? Climax exclamation point. The little boy's about to discover internet porn. <laughs> Use incognito mode. Uh, what is that? What? <laughs> I don't care anymore. <laughs> Stop. It's <laughs> what happens when we invite Brendan on. <laughs> I am the darkness. He is such a catalyst um the another discussion question that i hope can we can stretch oh. out a little bit um, hold on let's should we can should we well, yeah, finish we out oh shit god I keep, yeah i'm the worst at this we talked a little bit about dalton i've been off did. my adhd medicine for five days so i'm literally all over the place i've had a busy week so it's fine so uh, dalton is the next one yes timothy Dalton's dalton he is in there for two movies and as legend, rumor, fact at this point, I don't know, it was because uh, Pierce Bro- they wanted Pierce Brosnan already, but he was busy doing something else, and they couldn't get him. So they got Dalton as a placeholder for two movies. Mm-hmm. Huh. Uh, tough place to be. Really yeah. tough place because it, as much as I enjoy the last Moore movie, because it's so over the top 80s. It's it is it's objectively it is one of the most terrible Bond movies of all. Which one is this? Uh, View to a Kill. Mm. Like I, it is corny as shit. Yeah, I love it. it. Has the best Bond song of all. It's sung by Duran Duran. Like it, it's <laughs> oh, Duran Duran sings the song. Grace Jones is the villain's henchwoman, and Chris Walken is the villain. Oh, and he's bleach blonde. That's he's that got movie. got like big ass thick glasses. Yeah. He's a Silicon Valley exec, and his I've goal. I've seen shots of him. You want to talk about uh, an over the top Bond villain plot? His idea is to blow up a portion of the San Andreas Fault, so that way an earthquake happens, causing a tsunami to wipe out all of Silicon Valley, so his own tech company can take over the world. Oh my God! I thought you were going to go for the real estate one. Who's the, what's the real estate Superman. That's Superman. The original Superman. Yeah. (laughs) Real estate business. Good old, just, oh my God. Real estate agents are the worst. That is hilarious. But, uh, no, the Dalton ones are just, they, that's whenever they made the conscious decision to shift. They wanted something a lot more serious. Mm -hmm. At that point, Roger Moore was in like his fifties, I think. Sixties, I think. Yeah. He was. He's old. But sorry, yeah, he was old. And with Dalton, you had, you know, a fresher, more aggressive kind of face. Mm-hmm. He fit in, I think, a little bit more to that kind of edge edge and 80s mm-hmm. yuppie style. Mm-hmm. Sure. Problem was, at no point did he ever really look comfortable. Mm. He, he always looked a little off. He yep. didn't carry himself with the same kind of movements. He just kind of seemed a little strange. I have a theory, but I'm going to hold on to it for now. And then after that, you shift to... Uh, Brosnan, who will go on. But I want to hear Matt's theory. I'm going to hold hold on to it for now. Okay, say a couple key words that will remind you, because I have taking notes so that I can... If if we get into the debate, I will remember. It's my key point for defending Dalton. I'll defend Dalton. I will defend Dalton. (laughs) I think he... If you watch those movies back... And also, I'm sticking on Dalton briefly. 
I think his movies, I know uh, Goldeneye has the highest body count in terms of how many mm-hmm. people Bond has killed. I think License to Kill is the bloodiest. Okay. Like the way that he, that the some of the villains and main baddies are killed, like one dude is put inside of a pressure chamber and they basically set it up to where he's just suffering from all, from all the over top, over the top pressure or whatever that's going on. They release the pressure, and then all you just see is blood go everywhere. Ooh, nice. um, they they Have kill you seen the Kingsman movies. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, one villain is dumped into a cocaine grinder. Oh, that's the dream. And is just <laughs> and the oh hold on what about this one? The main villain is burned to death in a cocaine gasoline mixture. Oh, that is the dream. I mean, the most eighties way to go. Yeah. <laughs> All it needs to be in is a white Ferrari and a white jacket with the sleeves rolled up. Yep. I wonder if that has. Uh, when 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 was the war on drugs like really? Like, then. That was then. Yeah. Huh. That's good Reagan. Old, uh, media good old propaganda. Reagan. Love it. Yep. There's uh, a real quick. Um, in preparation for this uh, episode, I did a little bit of research, um, and there is a woman, doctor. I cannot remember her name. I can look up. I emailed her. Um, she is a professor at OU, and she has published multiple books about female characters in the Bond franchise. Oh. Like that is her. Like it's a very niche speciality. Yeah, but a good I, one. It is so. It's like she kind of ties it to women in action movies in general, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I need to interview her. Can and we like, have her on? That's yeah. I, I emailed her about that, and mm-hmm. I and that's like one of the we, as we mentioned like content episodes will be more thoroughly researched uh we want to talk about um marginalized groups in Mm -hmm. uh in entertainment and women is one of the easy ones to go for first Mm -hmm. and i think i want to talk to her in depth about that i've already opened that dialogue with her can you send me what like whatever uh documents and published papers you have because uh i know emily i know would love to read that oh oh absolutely she would all over that uh, uh, Emily's her wife, by the way, so that her people wife? who aren't like her wife, my wife, your wife, Jackal. Ah, you know. <laughs> uh, who's next? So that's Dalton. You have anything else to say? You want to say about Dalton? Dalton. Dalton. Pierce Brosnan. Pierce, Pierce Brosnan. Brosnan. <laughs> He's the dude. He's the one. I feel like he like without like. It's Connery Brosnan and uh, uh, who's the current one? Craig. Craig. Are the three, like, that? I know of Pierce Brosnan. I always... He's my mom's favorite, like, for sure. He's, I think, mm-hmm. I believe he's Kalen's favorite. He, so, I think the weird part about the Brosnan era is that whenever, that's whenever you start seeing some interesting movements by the franchise itself. Mm-hmm. They got sponsored by BMW and Omega. Omega's a watch company. That's why, like, traditionally, Bond wears... Rolexes and a couple of other like mm-hmm. Accutron or weird stuff. After after once Brosnan steps in the role, Omega Seamaster, that is it. And he even makes specific references to that throughout. It's a little bit of product placement. Mm-hmm. BMW sponsored them, and that's why like the BMW Z3, its global debut was Goldeneye. Huh? Yeah. Uh, and that's why all the Pierce Brosnan movies, he's driving a BMW, except for the very end is whenever he uh, gets an Aston Martin again. Mm, but he's in, yeah, he's in a seven series, he's in a Z3, and it's, it works, because that was, I think, BMW's, like, 
pinnacle of prestige in a way, mm-hmm. but it 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 fits the 90s kind of theme and i mentioned like silver plastic i think of the 90s i think of really rounded objects a lot of things painted gray and silver and a lot mm-hmm. of plastic kind of thing like a game controller mm. that's what i think of when i think that yeah yeah the plots get a little wackier and a little bigger a little mm. more global maybe. they wanted to bring it back to something back excitement yeah so what years were these in uh brosnan first one was Probably about 91, 92. Some, yeah, and ended in 02 with... Uh, uh, Die Another Day was yep. 02. Which I saw in theaters. That's impressive. And here's a here's a nerd fact for that. Five years old? Six years old? Yep. No, no nerd facts allowed. What do you think this is? An entertainment nerd podcast? Get out of here. Okay. No. Uh, <laughs> we need him. When I, when I saw that movie, um, the this is going to date me so hard. Uh, I date you so hard. Hey, I'm taken. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there was a delay in the movie. Like the movie stopped abruptly because the reel of film broke. Oh, it wasn't huh. digital. Like we saw, like the actual frames, like, <laughs> and they had to stop. It was like a 20 minute delay as they got like another copy of it and put it back on. <laughs> That's funny. I was so confused. <laughs> is this part of the movie? It's like one of those fourth wall breaking ones where they like, it breaks the, like they stop the movie or something. Record, record scratch. Yeah. Like Hello, James Bond here. Film melts and then the cartoon character walks out in front of the melting film. Yep. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. But you, you you get some interesting things. I've actually seen a couple of the uh, Bond cars from that era. Mm-hmm. I've seen the green jag that they used in uh, Die Another Day. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, I've seen a couple others. And I'm not thinking about them right now, as I should be. But that's a normal thing. Uh, but yeah, it's you get a little bit more of the traditional style of, okay, really pretty Bond girl, really handsome Bond himself. You get some wackier gadgets. You get double entendres thrown in there. That's what my mom always throws in. Uh, that's her. She loves the double entendre. She doesn't mm-hmm. like it whenever it gets super serious. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know that from your discussions with her about Star Wars. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a rabbit hole. Uh, but yeah, it, it's a little bit more of a return to form, but at a different direction. And that yeah. direction is primed for Mr. Daniel Craig. Mm-hmm. Yes. But Daniel Matt, Craig. what do you have to throw on Pierce Brosnan? I spoke all over you. I'm sorry. No, I don't have a lot to say about Brosnan. Um, I, I think you hit everything that I would have liked to have been able to have said. He opens up with Sean Bean as his main villain. Yeah. Good old Sean dies in every movie Bean. Yep. He's the villain in a Bond movie. Yeah. So. Well, and he's, I mean, yeah. he's a, uh, a, a double O agent who turns on MI6. Ah. Yeah. Because of Welsh nationalism or something. Something like that. Or something. <laughs> what year would have that what year was that? Like ninety two. Somewhere yeah. around there. Early or ninety three, maybe. When was I'm digging into my the crown knowledge right now. Are you thinking of the IRA? Because that's Ireland. No, there was like a thing with Prince Charles when he was in school. Oh, he specifically tried to show himself as more Welsh. More Welsh, and so yeah. he spoke Welsh in his speech. Yeah. Um, Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. Daniel 
The craziest. J.R.R. Martin Craig. The, the craziest of Daniels. <laughs> the Bond who I think has pissed off the most people, namely my mom. <laughs> <laughs> but did she, So she must have missed the Speedo scene. Probably. Yeah. I think she thinks she, that he's pretty. But she man. doesn't like things that are serious. Why can't Why can't this Bond smile more? Why can't he crack more jokes? I'm like, I, mean, I don't think I've ever seen Daniel Craig's. No, I've seen him smile. He smiles slightly. Oh yeah, he smiles, smiles a couple of times in Bond movies. movies. Oh yeah, he smiles in Casino Royale a little bit because yeah. it's before his heart is ripped out of his soul. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that is like the hardest. Casino Royale has one of the hardest to watch scenes for me of any movie. It's in the top three. Which one? The open bottom chair. Oh. <laughs> oh, what a scene. Yep. That was so creative. That, yeah. Because, like, I know that. I is, loved it, and, like, I was, like, this is. That is, because that is, like, a, this is going to sound really gruesome. There are a lot of different methods of torture that people don't really touch on in movies. That's one of the mm-hmm. more creative ones that, like, if you want to shock an audience, that will shock the shit out of one. Mm-hmm. It's it's a perfect... I think it really is the perfect thing for the Craig Bonds. Don't do that hand motion with that. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's really the perfect thing for Craig's balls. <laughs> no, because um, it's it's grounded. Like, it's a yeah. real-life torture method. Yeah. But it's over-the-top and super Bond villainy at the same yeah. time. It it's captures also both like, spirits. If you want to terrify half your audience... That's a great way to do it. Mm-hmm. It's also very thematically well placed because Bond is so much like the perfect man. Mm-hmm. How better to bring a man down than literally the thing that a man is defined by? Let's emasculate him, literally. <laughs> and also, let's do it in such a way, like, in terms of shooting it, where you feel isolated. Mm-hmm. It's not like there's mm-hmm. someone behind the glass wall listening and recording. Like, yeah. you are alone. No one will hear you scream. Yeah. Yep. Naked and afraid. Yep. So. And yes, by the way, the uh, the crash in that movie, that was real. Not like someone accidentally did that and that's just what, like they had one opportunity to make that crash happen with the Aston. The car crash where he has to flip it to avoid running her over. Yes. You know, that, is a, that is a real Aston Martin DBS. Set the world gets... record for the most times a car flipped over. Yep. Oh. Yeah. Well, it's, fun. that, that scene also makes me hurt quite a bit. <laughs> in a different way. Um. Yeah. So on that note, where do you think it's going with Bond? Like, where what do you do you think that No Time to Die will be anything that's different beyond the other Craigs? And then if it's not, what do you think is the next step for James Bond? I worry that No Time to Die is going to be just another Spectre. Another, oh, look, everything's all tied together. Mm-hmm. Look at this. It's all been the same masterminded plot. Um, it seems like they have a different just one-off villain this time which would be good yeah that's one of the things that the bond franchise does when it's at its best is it has a new exciting villain with their own fun little quirks every Mm -hmm. time you're never bored with them yeah looks like rami malik is gonna hit that beat Mm -hmm. i have faith in him i i believe in him he's he's great actor um if it does it'll have some fun gadgets it'll have some uh, it's got ana de armas and lashana lynch who's not a bond girl properly but she's more of the agent that he kind of flirts with Mm -hmm. i guess yeah good combo right there i i genuinely don't know Mm. it could be this is the 
the point where they say, all right, Bond, I think they're going to have to look at it and go, Bond has to change at this point. But if they do, they're at a really good opportunity for it. Because mm-hmm. they've got a new M, they've got a new Q, they've got Money Penny back in there. Mm-hmm. Like, you've got a lot of stuff set up for what is... Because so much of the of the originals are, all right, let's tie this into the Cold War. The Soviets are always a part of something or they are looped into it somehow. How do you make that work in the modern cinema? Yeah. Do you make, do you have the Chinese government come in to play more? Not do you, you have, have the Chinese share of the Chinese box office? That's true. true which true. is a giant portion of the. Which is why you office. won't see that. Exactly. Um, you know, do you have things tied into. I feel like we're definitely going to see a movie that has to do with Afghanistan now that we're like, yeah. that's wrapping up a little bit. It's I not, I'm not the person say... who thinks that it's just over. <laughs> I want to say Bond's actually been to Afghanistan. Yeah, uh, The Living Daylights. He spends like the last 45 minutes of the movie hanging out with the Mujahideen. Ah, yep. Muad'Dib? Yes. <laughs> he is Muad'Dib. <laughs> James Bond is Muad'Dib. <laughs> Brendan doesn't get that joke. Nope. Dude. Dude. Are you Dune for Dune? He's not Dune for He's Dune. He's not Dune for Dune. I might be. Dune. I, I know of Dune. And Emily got a really, really nice copy of the book in our house that I am thinking of reading. Come on, dude. You binged Game of Thrones. You gotta read Dune. Gotta read Dune. <laughs> I need to finish uh, Memory, Sorrow, Thorn first. What's that? It's actually it's the... Dune. No. It is the fantasy high fantasy trilogy that inspired Martin to write Game of Thrones. Oh, Nice. Not Dune, though. No, not Dune. Not Dune. But the so, movie looks great. So, I'm interested in that. It will be. Did you have anything else to say? I kind of interrupted you with the Afghanistan comment. No, uh, if I if I could see them doing anything, it's going to be more, how do we make it, and I hate the potential of this, how do we make it relate more to Gen Z? Yeah. If they do, if they do the next, I think, big, scary villain... It's going to be something with social media. Oh, God. It definitely and there is, is going to be. there is a treasure trove of stuff you can pull out of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it, you can have some serious fun with them potentially, like, you know, brainwashing or whatever. Yeah. Then yeah. you start having... <laughs> Even just more grounded misinformation campaigns. <laughs> yeah. About to say, is there a villain using 5G as something? <laughs> <laughs> Surprise roll by Alex Jones. <laughs> The villain is, oh god, using 5G to turn the frogs gay. <laughs> that, okay, wait, Um, the sheriff, the sheriff in the, like, early Moore days, mm-hmm. <laughs> they could use him as that, as just like the topical <laughs> idiot that they throw in there yes. for for some kind of plot continuation. There, there's There's like this one sheriff in the earlier days. He's, I think, from Louisiana, mm-hmm. and he always pops up at, like, weird random opportunities, and he helps Bond in some way or chases <laughs> him, and it's comical because he, he is a caricature. He's a caricature of everything country, Southern American, mm-hmm. and he's like, wait, wait, this, we got this guy from England. We're going to chase him down. And <laughs> Are Bond movies American movies? No. They're definitely British movies. They're definitely British movies to me. Okay. I, if they're if you want to see an American Bond movie, you watch Mission Impossible. Which leads to my big question towards the end: Do you think Mission Impossible influenced the trajectory of game of James Bond? 
James Bond? I don't say influenced trajectory. I think it aided it. But I think also they came around the same time where the Bond movies were already shifting. Right. Um, yeah, I don't I don't think it influenced it, really. Okay. Um, it came into the fold, Mission Impossible did, kind of as a... Um, not a successor to Bond, but trying to occupy some of that same market share. Right. Because um, you wanted to see someone not in their 60s trying to do all these stunts and everything. You wanted mm-hmm. to see the most exciting man in Hollywood at the time. You wanted to see Tom Cruise. He flew fighter jets or whatever. Yeah. He does his own stunts. Yeah. And the first two movies, the second Mission Impossible movie really feels like a lower end Brosnan Bond movie. When um, was the first movie? 96. First, first- First, sorry, James Bond movie. Oh, first James Bond movie? Like... 62. Yeah. Okay. Because the first Mission Impossible series uh, season was in 1966. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if Mission Impossible is completely just a copy out of James Bond all the way. If you wanted to make an American spy movie, you got to make it more dramatic. You got to make it more intense. More... You got to nuke everybody all right. the time. You've it's gotta, always nukes. You've got to have... It's always nukes of James Bond anyway. Yeah, sure. Someone's trying to steal a nuke or whatever. Yeah. Um, no. You, you, if you wanted to make an American Bond movie, you do that. Because you have more explosions, more intense fight scenes. Not, I'm going to dress up in a tuxedo, walk into this you know, casino in the middle of the Macau Harbor... Mm-hmm. And schmooze with people drinking a martini. If it's an American movie, you go through, you drill a hole and start sinking the whole thing. <laughs> it, it's, no, there's a, a different level of operating around it. And I think, sorry, I'm no. stepping over you. No. I think part of that, it, the original premise of Bond, it's like Bond is someone who seems relatively boring, but interesting things happen to. That's the, that's the epitome of the British Empire at the time. Mm. You look at, all right. This guy's walking out of London, out of High Street, and he's or off of Savile Road. He's got on a fine-trimmed suit. Where are you going to drop him? India. Brazil. What is the most un-British place possible? Place where people are dancing around half-naked with feathers and colors and music and people actually having fun and eating food that isn't brown. Actually, it's still brown, but it's got flavor. <laughs> it's like, you do that. That's the interesting location. The Brits, the Brits love a place that's not Britain. And they love a good baddie that's not... As do Americans. I feel like everyone loves a good place that's not where they are. I was going to say, there's a, there's a colonialism joke in there somewhere. <laughs> there, and I will say, there are sometimes a, a, a bit of uh, imperialist overtones throughout Bond. Sure. It's, yeah. why is the British Empire still focusing in this area? <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit of British supremacy, shall yeah. we say. British exceptionalism. Let's fight. Let's fight. Let's fight. So we're going to do this. This is how we're going to do this. I have these six bonds. Six important bonds. Canonical bonds. Mm-hmm. I will Can bonds? Each... Can a couple bond canonicals? You left Lazenby in there, didn't you? Yes, I did. Damn it. So what we're going to do is we're going to do two comparisons. Each of you are going to be randomly given one of them. Uh, we're going to do it twice, but before we do that, I'm going to let each of you veto one of the bonds that you don't think you can defend well. And before you decide which one you want to veto, I'm going to tell you the five categories. Okay. Best villain, best bond girl, best coolness, best spyness, and then a wild card. 
on like how you like just any other things that particularly that bond is like unique mm-hmm. and you want to defend that. So okay. given those categories, which bonds would you like to yank out of there? I'm probably Lazenby. Probably Lazenby. And I think it's, I love that movie. Like the movie itself was great. His performance fell flat, just didn't fit. And I don't think there's enough there to really defend him. Okay. I could defend Lazenby, but I guess he's vetoed. Yep. Uh, I'll get rid of Roger Moore. Rid of Moore. Ooh, that's a lot, though. Wait, is, on, is it vetoed for each other? For both of you, yeah. <sighs> Oof. So, <laughs> the two of you, like, so there are four now total possibilities. Uh, mm-hmm. Craig, Connery, Dalton, and Brosnan. Mm-hmm. I'm going to change my random generator. Don't know why I left it like that. Okay. Brendan, your yep. person is Brosnan. All right. Versus Matt Connery. All right. I like so, this. This is a good. This is a good pairing right here. So, Brendan, I'll let you go first. Uh, Let's go with villains. Villains. Defend his villains. His villains are excellent in okay. a lot of different ways. Why? Because they start branching out of the realm of I'm going to make. You know, some of them do some outlandish things, but I think that's what's fun. And they they pick on the right boogeyman. Mm -hmm. One of them has relations to North Korea. Mm -hmm. What does he want to do? He wants to build a giant laser to blow up and carve out everything imaginable. That's crazy. That's wild. That's a scary villain. If you want to scare a lot of people, if you say so, if you want to scare a lot of people, giant North Korean laser. That's all I'm saying there. Okay. Keep going on that. I've said it before. Giant media mogul trying to spin things in a scary way. That's really relevant right now. That's really scary right now. I I think that is a lot of power way ahead of his time. Mm -hmm. Dorky of a character. Sure. But in the right kind of way. Then you got the one and only Sean Bean. Of course. You cannot fault Sean Bean. And he does what he does in movies best. And that is die. die. Yep. (laughs) If you ever heard that, no, you do much more, Sean. I love you. Um... But I, I think he has arguably the best villains out there because okay. they, they can be tied to so like a much more broad range mm-hmm. of things that can terrify everyone from the most powerful to the least powerful. Okay. There's something there for everyone to be fair of. All right. I think that's a good argument. I think it's a valid argument. I think you're coming at it from the wrong direction there. Don't think- don't pull any of this like episode one fifty shit of like your Bond's villains are closer to God. <laughs> my Bond villains, my Connery's Bond villains are objectively better because. <laughs> no. Should have prepared you for Matt's debate. I I have a feel like the second he looked at me, I'm like, all right, my cheeks are going to get clapped on this, aren't they? <laughs> well, so you talk about fear. And I think I think this is really just more of a an argument between eras because by Brosnan by the 90s they are going a little more serious um trying to be a little more relevant and I think Connery you're going back to the original you're remembering that these are movies this is entertainment you want entertainment and yes I get that fear can be entertainment in and of itself I mean horror movies are a thing for a reason but you think about the iconic Bond villains the ones that have brought the most entertainment and it's Dr. No it's Goldfinger it's these guys that have the crazy schemes and the elaborate plots and the big larger than life personalities and then you set that aside and you've even got like the um from russia with love you've got um 
Thunderball. You've got the things where it's more Spectre. It's more espionage and finding out information. And um, you get a, a mix of both the Cold War zeitgeist and the big larger than life entertaining ones. I have no retort for that. He's okay. right. This really does suck because I per- personally, I think that Moore has some of the most fun villains. <laughs> They're so bad in some cases. You've got, you've literally got a freaky looking Elon Musk as a villain. I think, because this is totally subjective on who wins. I'm going to go with Matt on that one. Yes. I should probably go first on the I will see, category. I will see at this point. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Why does Connery have the best Bond girls? Because he is the sexiest man, and girls just kind of fall all over him. He's got one named Pussy Galore. Yes, I'm aware. That's been brought great. to my attention countless times in this episode. How many times do we have to say that name in order for this to potentially get demonetized? <laughs> you assume we're monetized at all? <laughs> no, I think... Um, there's the limitations of the era here is that females weren't characters at this point in the bond franchise up to a point from russia with love you get um the the kgb agent who thinks she's a kgb agent um and is given a little more agency a little more of a personality um she's kind of in a tough situation and has to do what she has to do um you get some of the iconic henchwoman ones and the more interesting ones pussy galore um honey what's her face from honey rider honey rider yep (laughs) (laughs) which is the nickname for aston martin's current f1 car good yep um let's see what are some other connery bond movies uh thunderball domino has a lot more agency than any of the previous bond girls she actually is the one that ends up killing the villain um and she is instrumental in the plot and much more of a character unto herself so i think that within the limitations of the era you have a wide degree of variety and you have some steps in the right direction at least where his movies stepped brosnan's ran (laughs) and i just can say three words such a much better like sense of like the dramatic debate style <laughs> you've met my family yeah <laughs> three words hallie f- barry she's a bond girl yeah yeah oh, die another shit. day she die another day and she has a ton of agency mm-hmm. she is always through there uh i'm blanking on her name but she is one of the villains in uh where they're in istanbul in the submarine, I mentioned it earlier. Yep. yep. Uh, um, world is not enough. World is not enough. Yes. Um, her method of killing people, specifically men, is to break their ribs in sex with her legs. Xenia on a top. Hence the name. Yep. yep. That one right there is a, is a little hard to defend, but... <laughs> <laughs> but that movie has two other Bond girls. Yes. Why am I helping you? Because <laughs> <laughs> you feel mercy for this one boy who's not good at no, debates. No, I think I'm losing this point. So No, uh, I think with Connery's, you actually... I stand on my point earlier of where the where the Connery Bond girls were beginning to explore different realms or whatever. Brosnan, they were a lot more developed. They still have, they still have plenty of room to grow in that regard. Sure. 
but they suddenly become so much more detailed and intricate to the plot. And I think that's why they are better overall. Definitely giving this one to Brendan. I think I was going to lose that one. Yeah. No matter how good my argument was. <laughs> You're, uh, you, had, you had one good Bond girl in there that was like at least had some like mm-hmm. not just being the eye candy. Well, um, I mean, eye candy's an argument unto itself. Only other defense is the like. And you want to go up against Halle Berry. Yeah. I will say against Halle Berry, Catwoman 2004. Uh <laughs> I will say in her defense for that, she showed up to the Razzie's ceremony and gave an acceptance speech. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, I do respect her so much, by the way. <laughs> I hate good. that movie with, with the burning passion, but I like her. Also uh, Anne Hathaway. But. The uh, uh, the argument of like it, the restrictions of the time is such a weak argument, yeah. especially yeah. just, you know, general like progressive society. But I mean, I, I, it's a really weird one to talk about because... At the end of the day, they are trying to make a movie and that makes money. In the 60s, it would have been really difficult for them to do something really crazy and maintain massive commercial success. It's not defending that, that by any right. means, no. but it is at least explaining some of it. Yeah. Right. Sex sells, and at that point, the submissive woman was the attractive model, which is why Connery slapped him all the time. Down with the patriarchy. Coolness! Uh, who's uh, so Brendan be, uh, leads on this Brendan. one. So, why is your Bond cooler? <laughs> he knows he's not. He knows. I touched on earlier why I think Connery's my favorite and the coolest. This is tough. Um, all right, name a, name a modern actor who is more handsome in his prime than Pierce Brosnan. Uh, Army Hammer, Henry Cavill. Uh, 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 Idris, Idris Elba. Elba. <laughs> Daniel Craig. <laughs> Let's take Army Hammer out of this debate. Though. I had I had that ready. The moment, like I could tell you were going for the handsomeness, and I was just like, I've got this ready. He, why? Okay, so while Eagle Mortensen, Ryan Gosling, Ryan Reynolds, Matt Dalthorpe, Preston Rodefus. Oh, get out of here! Oh, get out of here Gross. with your positivity. Uh. <laughs> it's like look, I have one positive moment a week. I'm not going to waste it. <laughs> <laughs> Emily's mad. Um... <laughs> No, there's, I think, this is really tough. This is a really, really tough one. Mm-hmm. Because I think he is a he is an exceptionally cool character. Mm-hmm. But Connery's got it in that regard. And he, you really just, just like franced it there, didn't you? <laughs> I, 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 look, there's not much I can do. He is really cool. It's comparing number one to number two to me. I think there is an argument in Brosnan's direction just to pitch in for the other side before I go for the kill. <laughs> sometimes. What is it? The uh, uh, Sometimes a weak form of pity is the... The most for- strong... Is the strongest form of cruelty. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. A la, a la Georgia Tech versus Cumberland, 1916. Yes. Yes. Or 19... Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I watched that video like four times in the past week. Same here. Same here. Well, oh, you know, it's because we just completely clobbered West Carolina. That's and, fair. And, and we're just like... Also, yeah. I'm in the mood for some, like, bloodbath It, it is... It, uh, blow up the spot. on Also, all of his videos are really good. Oh, yeah. They're they're exceptional. It, he does it in such a great way. Have you seen the video explaining... It's no. by... It's by... Um, John Boyce. John Boyce okay. with... 
uh, sports. SB Nation. SB Nation. Mm-hmm. We, we can really watch good. it afterwards. You'll love it. Yeah. yeah. You will I'm love aware it. of both of those channels. Yeah. He does a really good job explaining the whole thing. He does a really good job. It is my... hysterical. Explain. All right. Now back to, uh, back to you, Max. Back to Brosnan. I think Brosnan plays a little bit more of a demure, demure Bond. He's a little lower key. Um, his delivery, it makes the delivery on the one-liners really work because it kind of just slides out of nowhere. Um, and he's, he's, he's got that unflappable attitude that you were talking about. Like he's, he's rolling down the street in a tank and his hair is perfect. Mm-hmm. But that being said, Connery is just, he's the ideal here. He's got the sense of humor. He's got the, the wink and the smile, but he can go like cold, stone cold killer. He looks great in a suit. He looks great in a speedo. He looks great in a towel. Um, he drives the flashiest cars with that casual confidence that you want. He plays cards with that casual confidence that you want. Um, he smokes cigars with that casual confidence that's kind of problematic nowadays, but you know what? <laughs> <laughs> it was epitome of cool at the time, and it still speaks to some little bit of our inner masculine. There's style. a reason fashion is going back towards style from the 60s and not style from 2001. Yep. I... I cede my victory or any hope of a victory I had to this to Matt. I'm not going to give you the satisfaction of doing that. (laughs) I explicitly am viewing Sean Connery from like Hunt for Red October and League of Extraordinary Gentlemen in a Speedo and a towel. And he's like slightly overweight, very old. Have you seen seen the the Zardoz outfit? The what? Oh no. Google Z-A-R-D-O... SZ? Pull that up, Jamie. Probably something I've come across. That being said, Hunt for Red October, uh, Connery, is that is a handsome-ass man. (laughs) That is a refined gentleman. Oh, boy. He pulls off the old silver fox. Talk about it. Like, I think a movie that does not get enough love. Oh, it's great. It was a wonderful movie. Yeah. Have you read the book? No. Oh. I mean, a lot of Tom Clancy is just kind of the same thing, but that was his first book. And, man, it changed the game. do you know that he got debriefed by uh, U.S. intelligence because they thought he had stolen state secrets somehow because of how accurate he was on a bunch of stuff that hadn't been declassified? <laughs> okay, there's there's a, a really strong metalhead argument of the time you know that you write the best music is whenever people start trying to, or like when really important people tell you, mm-hmm. this is how you messed up, this is dangerous, what are you doing? Yep. Or say that it's uh, it's uh, it should be banned. If it's banned, then you know it's great. Yeah. Who is this? What happened? Uh, we were talking about the hunt for Red October. Oh, did you that... find the Zardoz out? Yes, I did. <laughs> I wish I did not. That's fine. I've definitely seen it before. Yeah. All right. All right. So that one definitely goes to Brendan. Matt. Brendan. Just kidding. It's Matt. <laughs> I'm not gonna do that. Oh, yeah. I can't even front on that one. Yeah. Uh, who is the best spy, Matt? I think that Connery has a leg up in this department because it is a lot of Cold War spy movies. You're dealing with a lot of espionage. Um, sure, a lot of them are the larger than life, the Doctor No, the Goldfingers of the world where he's just foiling the bad guy's plot. You know, he's creep creeping around the facility or whatever, mm-hmm. picking off henchmen one by one. But that's more of like stealthy action than true yeah. spy movie. But you look more at like, I, I keep going back to From Russia with Love because I really like that movie. I think it's one of the best Bond movies. I know Craig and I think Brosnan both say that that's their personal favorite. Mm-hmm. It's probably my top three. It's one of the most influential of them yeah. all by a long measure. Yeah. And it is, it's just a spy movie. Bond is, he's, um, Spectre 
sets a trap, um, trying to play the KGB and British intelligence off against each other. Um, and it is very much like British intelligence, like, yeah, this is probably a trap. We don't know exactly what's going on, but hey, Bond, we need you to um, to go and get this Soviet decoding machine. It's probably a trap, but figure out what's going on. Kill a bunch of bad guys along the way. And so it's a lot of like sneaking back and forth between embassies and um, covert meetings with uh, either higher ups, people being trailed in cars, you know, the classic Cold War smiley yeah. era kind of stuff, um, finding the documents and uh, sure, it's got some shootouts and stuff, but the the final confrontation is in a car, in a train. Like it's it's not high stakes. It's it is very much just more of a Cold War era spy movie, and I think right. on average, Connery movies don't lend themselves much to that. But when they needed to, they had the exact backdrop for it, and they played it perfectly. All right, Brendan, I like that. I like that a lot. Anyway. <laughs> oh dear. If you want to look at how good a spy can be, you look at how they do things and what they can do. If you want to look at the broad range of skills, uh, like just the true skill set, mm-hmm. Brosnan blows him out of the park. He had more opportunities to learn different things because mm-hmm. of technology of the era. Sure. You got to understand that. But I, I always feel like when Connery is experimenting or about to operate some kind of new equipment, he's got like this a little bit. You, he looks like a kid who's on a go-kart with a V8 behind him. Like, you don't know what's going to happen. Something will, but uh, let's just kind of see what happens. Brosnan's like, all right, I know this. I know this. I'm going to hack into this computer, figure this out, download this data, and I understand, okay, blah, 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 blah. All right, cool. Now I'm going to go operate a tank through St. Petersburg, or was it Moscow? One of the two. One of the two. Yeah, same thing. The big Russia city. Dash cams and vodka and Adidas tracksuits. Um, How to show up the virus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you want to... I think he has a lot more opportunities to do more creative, different spy things. He has to adapt a lot more. He has to deal with the fact that there are actually cameras. There are ways for him to be seen. So, I mean, look. It's great to do spy stuff that involves you sitting inside of a fake alligator and <laughs> swimming up to a place to blow it up, a la Connery and Goldfinger. It's another thing to try and navigate your way through a place with with lasers, with mm-hmm. security cameras, guards with fully automatic submachine guns. They still have that in Connery's era. You've got a lot more fun ways to die. And the fact that he can navigate those and still be a functional expert and everything... I think that makes him the more potent and dangerous spy, especially. Okay. I like that, too. I like the cameras thing. Mm -hmm. Because cameras, I think cameras and cell phones are the ultimate weapon to derail pretty much any horror movie or spy movie. Mm -hmm. It's, oh, God, I don't know who's outside. Are you there? Hey, where are you? I'm outside. (laughs) Okay, cool. (laughs) It, you know, it changes a lot of stuff. It, yep. This one goes to Brendan. I like the technology aspect. I like the the cameras, like having to dodge the cameras, mm-hmm. like having to do. Yeah, he's got to do more. Do more. Yeah, I get it. But 
I will say, Matt, very good argument on your behalf. Well, th- well thank you, sir. This is entirely objective and will determine the world's opinion on which ba- which bond is the best bond. So. Okay, it comes all into this. Nice yep. low stakes. Oh, right. yeah. It's two to two. Wild card. Convince me. <laughs> I'll go first on this one. I'll, I'll dive right in. Connery was the defining James Bond. He, we talked about this earlier. There are aspects of that character that did not exist in the books until Connery came along and Ian Fleming liked him so much he wrote them in. We talked about this idea that Bond is the ultimate masculine fantasy. He can do what he wants and he's good at everything and everyone likes him. And Connery, he's just got that roguish charm, that little sort of half smirk and a one-liner for everyone. He's got the most iconic movies with like Dr. No and Goldfinger. Those are two of the ones that everyone goes back to with the exception of the Craig ones, but those are kind of in the cultural imagination anyway. And I think he's, you know, he just, he hits, he hits all the beats. He's got the fun gadgets. He's got, yeah, admittedly the Bond girls are a little weak, but they're, some of them are interesting. They go some interesting directions. He's got the best villains. I think he's just, he's the whole package. All All up in his package. In the Speedo. Sorry, Speedo. If you want to look at the Bond who potentially saved the whole franchise, you look at Pierce Brosnan. That he was, they wanted him for the Dalton movies. They wanted him really badly because they knew he would do a great job. He did such a good job, you made the British love an Irishman. (laughs) I mean, you, you put the British worst nightmare on screen and that is an Irishman rowing freely in a tank. (laughs) <laughs> in the streets there is nothing that scares them more than that aside from uh americans not wanting to pay taxes on tea um carter smiled <laughs> you find I, I i i like the idea that he was the bond who saved the franchise i think he is connery is unmistakably the most iconic of them all but nowadays you look at the staying power of mm-hmm. everything the, the the brosnan movies just have it they feel old enough to where there's a little bit of a disconnect you're like oh okay that could have happened i don't know and it feels a little bit there's a little bit more character to them but they're still fresh enough that it doesn't feel campy it doesn't feel too over the top but they maintain all the it's a good balance of movies it's a good balance of just all kinds of things. And he still talked about the epitome of cool, the epitome of cool in the nineties and early two thousands, dark hair, strong jaw, unflappable at all times, great suits, great cars. He had it all. And he still had really, really strong bond girls too. And really strong villains. And I think it went more of in his favor of that. I think it's a tie. No, oh, you oh. caught Nah, it's going to Brendan. Uh, oh! Whoa. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Tone, I said my piece. No, no I, I, I think it's a... Uh, I think that you can't save... To kind of actually use part of Matt's point for Brosnan, I don't think you can save a franchise without also being iconic in, your, on, in, of yourself, mm-hmm. in and of yourself. Yeah. Um. So I think that, like, while, yes, Connery is... He's like, Bond. Is Bond. Yeah. is like mm-hmm. the iconic Bond. And again, Brosnan he's my both favorite. saved 
the franchise by also being his own iconic style of Bond that is like Rebuttal. going forward. Die yeah. Another Day almost killed the franchise. Daniel Craig's the one that saved it. My answer is final. I put it in my Excel sheet, and Excel sheets are God. <laughs> All right. Brosnan's better than Connery. Heard Brosnan's better folks. than Connery. Uh, my mom just wonder. smiled, and I really don't like that debate answer. I'll just put that on the record. I, I, I personally, <laughs> look, I'm undermining myself here, but under good conscience, I have to say that Connery is Bond. Look, my opinions are zero, and so it doesn't matter. Also, like, I... I was genuine. I didn't know how to, like, I was going off two people's opinions that yep. were very similar, honestly. Like, I, it was genuinely a tie in my head. I just went for, like... I'm, I'm, ha- I'm happy with a tie. Yeah. Specifically no, a black bow tie. Nice. That I approve of. Uh, so the next pair, I'm not going to do this whole thing because I don't want to spend another 30 minutes Fair. doing that. So it's just going to be a free-for-all. Uh, equals Rand... Between... Do the vetoes still stand? Huh? Do the vetoes no. still stand? Okay. Oh, yes. Yeah, they oh. still stand. Yes, those Damn vetoes are still stand. How about this? We get to choose. Okay. Who do you want? Roger Moore. Moore. I'll take Dalton. All right. I love Craig, and I think Craig... The category is will the be, argument. who is the most punk-ass Bond? <laughs> <laughs> Who's the best Bond? That's it. That's all it is. Just go at it. I'm just going to let you guys have it. All right. Well, you said yourself, Dalton was supposed to be a placeholder. But he did come in and he kind of was at that cutting edge of the franchise, redefining it. And I think that those movies don't get that more serious edge without the more serious Bond. And the way he plays that character, he is the more serious, the more reserved. He's a guy who likes his classical music. Um, He has his one-liners and he's still attractive to women. But this is not an era when this is an era when you start to realize that that classic fantasy of the guy who smokes, gambles, womenizes, drives fast cars is maybe not all it's cracked up to be. You want someone that's a little more serious, a little more buttoned up, um, still an ice cold, awesome killer with ice cold, awesome, awesome gadgets and still gets the girl. But you want someone that's a little less of a self parody at that point. And Dalton was the guy to change the game roger moore i think is much closer to the original idea of james bond he is a relatively boring guy he is very straightforward but he looks comfortable in a suit at all times Mm -hmm. he is fine playing cards he's he is calm cool and collected he defeats christopher lee christopher lee with a third nipple and a golden gun that's true (laughs) <laughs> okay he he does that and he has at least to me the most wacky villains in schemes mm-hmm. this is a man who has to fly to space in order to stop effectively space nazis from taking over earth mm-hmm. and he also has some of the best one-liners of the entire franchise and one of the best villains in the form of jaws true jaws is great jaws is an excellent yeah. character and and best one-liners mm-hmm. goes down to the end of Moonraker. He is returning from space. Preston, you will love this. I was looking at the third nipple. Okay. Yeah, it's there. <laughs> he um, Bond is returning from space in the back of a space shuttle with a Bond girl. They're having sex in the cargo bay, as can totally happen without them dying. Right. That's Because that's how space shuttles work. Yeah. Um, 
And little do they know that there are a whole bunch of cameras inside of the cargo bay. And MI6 and all of the world's intelligence agencies are about to turn, tune in to see, Hello, Bond, how are you? Are you okay? And they turn it on and they see them there under the covers floating there in queue. Under covers? Under the... They had sheets while floating. Why? Because it <laughs> it's a PG-13 movie. I it, don't care. It's, it's the late 70s. Movie. Pull front noodly. Front. Look. <laughs> Leave pasta out of this conversation. God. No. Q turns to Q starts looking in and he goes, I think he's about to begin re-entry. Oh. <laughs> it's God. really good, but it's not a Bond one-liner, it's a Q one-liner. It is a Q one-liner, but it's part of the Bond movie, and it's so quintessential in the character of like weird things happening around someone else who is boring or ordinary. That's fair. He walks in, he is as mayonnaise pasty white as it gets but he will he still walked into harlem in the early 70s into a voodoo shop yeah and was able to pick up a large stuffed snake and went i'd like this gift wrap please lengthwise and walks out (laughs) yeah he he, he's he can keep it cool under so many different circumstances Mm -hmm. that's fair but he's really limited by the fact that he is in such goofy campy movies you look at them and they're dated and they're kind of of themselves. Baltons are more universal. They're more, this is a spy movie that you could just watch nowadays and be like, yeah. I, I, I will hold movie. you to that. However, if you want to talk about, if you want to talk about dated, both of the Dalton movies have very dated villains and main plots. Well, One sure. of them is Soviet, is just general Soviet bullshit. Of course. Which, guess what we can't do anymore? General right. Soviet stuff. The other one is in the late 80s, cocaine and Miami. Yeah. It is as much of a period piece as you can get. That's true. That's fair. But Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy is a great spy movie that was made in the last couple of decades. Last decade, about the 60s. I mean, it's you can still make great movies about the KGB. You can still watch great movies of the era about problems of the era. That I see you playing the judge. Like <laughs> was I too obvious? <laughs> the fact that you looked directly at me during that part. Yeah. Uh, could, could you see anyone from Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy having sex in the back of a space shuttle upon re-entry? Percy so Alline. It's Toby Jones. <laughs> uh, don't, I don't want to unsee that. <laughs> also... So I actually have only seen the first Dalton Bond, the Living Daylights. Oh, so you're defending half-assed. I have a theory. <laughs> I have Mono a theory. cheek. Sorry. You talked about how oh, um, he always seems a little bit uncomfortable in those movies. And I think that's deliberate. I think he was written in a way that was coded as gay. I think he was the first gay James Bond. Y'all want some evidence? I got some evidence. <laughs> I had sex with that James Bond. <laughs> so, guys like Connery, and even more up to an extent, they are much more involved in these classically masculine. They are activities. very cis roles. Yeah, they drive fast cars, they gamble, they ride horses, they play sports. They're athletic guys. Dalton doesn't really do any of that. He goes to classical music concerts. He is more buttoned down. He reads books. Um. He, at one point, references that he knows, like, his flowers. Like, there's a... It, it's kind of an obvious one, but he's he's like, 
someone sends flowers to someone and he says, oh, they should have been lilies because like funerals. Mm. But at the time, people are like, oh, flowers, gay. It's, it, I mean, it's late 80s. Right. Everything's going to be a little more superficial. Um, at one point, there's a very attractive naked woman in the, in the room and he just doesn't even look at her, just ignores her. Um, it is the least explicit Bond movie I've ever seen as far as sex scenes. There's a couple of spots where he starts kissing a woman and it cuts away, but there's no state of undress, no postcoital bliss. Um, he kind of has a sort of flirtatious relationship with another British agent and then is really upset and vengeful after the agent dies. Um, <laughs> there's one scene where a couple of guys are messing around together on a giant airplane scrotum. <laughs> I'll just leave that one there. Okay. Um... There's, uh, at the end, and th this is a common formulation from both the Roger Moore and the um, Sean Connery Bonds, usually they'll end up in some sort of situation. They'll be falling out of space in a space shuttle, or they'll end up in the life raft in the middle of ocean or something. And um, we're like, oh, the, the rescue is coming, and Connery's like, ah, we should have sex one last time for them to seduce you. And Dalton... They're trapped in the middle of the desert in a jeep and he pulls up to the road and instead of like, all right, pull over, let's bang one out real quick before we go. He's like, oh, I know a really good restaurant in Karachi. Let's go there. Hmm. He's less interested in the woman, more interested in the fine dining and sort of the tasteful, um, effeminate kind of things that would be coded gay in the era. Or he doesn't want his balls to be sunburned in the desert. That too, possibly. Except it's evening time at that point. Um, the villain is an American... Burned. Right. The villain uh, is uh, an American general named Whitaker, who is like a hyper-masculine stereotype. He's obsessed with war. And Guns. He's, a, he's an violence. arms dealer. Yeah, he's an, he's an arms dealer, and he's just a... He thinks he's the man's man, and he's got like... His entryway into his, into his villain's estate is lined with life-size replicas of famous conquerors, but with his face on them. And he's just this goofy, over-the-top caricature of a villain. And the last point... Um, the Bond girl in this one is a cellist. Um, she plays cello in an orchestra. And as we all know, gay men all date cellist players. I actually she knew plays... a gay man who dated a, a cello player. Exactly. See, mm -hmm. she plays. <laughs> so she plays uh, four pieces of music during the movie. Um, she plays Mozart's 40th Symphony in the beginning. It's just a nice classic orchestral piece that a lot of people recognize. Um, she plays Borden's second string quartet at some point, which is, again, just a nice classic piece of chamber music that you need if you're going to have a chamber music scene. Um, at one point, she plays alone a little bit of Dorjak's cello concerto, just kind of, you know, showing off, messing around, practicing even. And then at the end, the big climactic, glorious final scene where everything has come together and she's able to play in Carnegie Hall with her orchestra and her favorite cello. And it's like it's the happily ever after moment. She plays Tchaikovsky's Rococo Variations, which is much less famous than those other three pieces, but was written by a gay guy. Fair enough. I will take some of your points while they are very excellent. <laughs> they are very excellent, but I do see some holes in them. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. First and foremost, him noticing like, you know, flowers and food and everything. Mm -hmm. That's actually a bit more of a Bond trend because he is supposed sure. to be... In, in you know in conjunction with being kind of the ideal masculine mm -hmm. he's supposed to be a well-educated english gentleman 
True. And this is most clearly seen, I think, with uh, Connery mm-hmm. because Connery mentions, you know, this is actually the kind of wine you serve with this meal. This particular champagne has to be served at this temperature. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you are ruining it and you're not going to taste it correctly. Mm-hmm. He is experienced with different kinds of foods and music and places. Mm-hmm. He also – I think all of them technically listen to classical music. I don't think that's yeah, – except for fair. maybe more. I could see more being a disco guy. Um, and <laughs> Connery in, in Goldfinger specifically says something like he hates the Beatles. He says mm-hmm. something, I think the line is, it's like listening to the Beatles without earmuffs on, is like trying to drink mm-hmm. that wine over X temperature. I, I think what especially... So Ameri- he likes the Beatles and doesn't want to, and wants to actually have the full experience, not with the earmuffs on? Earmuffs. Earmuffs. Meaning not your phones, so... Right. So he... Is he saying that drinking the wine is a bad experience? If it's not served at the correct temperature, yes. Right. It's like experiencing the Beatles but with earmuffs on it's experiencing a good thing but without the but you're covering it up he's complimenting the Beatles of course because he's a British guy why how is that you're hearing less of the music how is that a compliment right and he's saying that that would be a bad thing equivalent to drinking wine at the wrong temperature either way (laughs) I'm right in this I don't care (laughs) and there there are frequently other references of like you know he does this and also Craig Mm -hmm. Craig, Craig mentioned up. some, he, he, yeah. you know, yeah. I don't, if there are, if there are cis bonds. James Bond isn't a Beatles fan. Yep. James Bond was apparently a little too old to appreciate the musical stylings. Uh, in the film Goldfinger, James Bond proudly pro- proclaims that he would never listen to the Beatles without wearing earmuffs to drown out the noise. Ah, okay. That's yeah, the one. There, I got I you, got Brendan. Sense. Thank you. I was confused as always. <laughs> okay. Um, no, I think if, if we're going on the sexuality tones, the Roger Moore and Pierce Brosnan are the most cis. Mm-hmm. Traditionally, at least. Sure. Hetero. Hetero, there we go, yeah. <laughs> in terms of, of, granted, Connery's really tough to defend in this because, as we mentioned, slapping girls on the ass. Okay, yeah, that's... Yeah. Mm. Can't do that in movies now. You shouldn't. Um. <laughs> Interesting voice choice. <laughs> Go a bit deep wrong here. This oh, is God. why Miss Piggy hated me now. She got the cars and the kids and half the fortune. That's not a terrible Kermit accent. It's not my best. It's, it's going away. I can tell it's yeah. going away. Because I'm trying to hold back laughter. Um, no, it. you make a really good one. And also, it's really hard to defend. It's really hard to attack that whenever. If you want to look at historically what's happened to the gay characters, they've been given the least amount of screen time yeah no he it would it it would track so hard that the one gay character they have only gets two movies in the franchise yeah it would track and it's so hard and it's super just coded in there it's not like oh look yeah he's actually flirting with a dude i mean they can get away that with that now with craig but back in the day you got to be subtle in the 80s this is the days of hostile takeovers and power suits and Mm -hmm. you had shoulder pads on your shoulder pads yep Anyway, for that little sidetrack. Is that it? Any last points? I can't think of anything else. I think this is going to Brendan because ah. I really Can like I? so I love the theory. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it is an answer to the question of which one's the best bond. Well, I gave an answer to that first. I just wanted to get my theory in too. Oh. I like the theory. The theory is bomb. Okay. I'm all for it. Alright. But I don't think that that helps in the debate of the. I was on. That's fair. I was on. Uh, on more. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, more on more. Uh, more on more. Um, after you both had said it before you went into your theory. All right. Um, but I do like the theory a lot, and I want, yeah. want it to be a thing. That'd okay. be cool if it was fleshed out more. But yeah. also, like, just to talk about that a little bit more, for I've been holding everything in mm-hmm. so that you guys can continue. Um, could it be that they were just writing him to be not super masculine to try to drift mm-hmm. away from, like, the toxic masculinity idea? Oh, I'm sure that that's entirely it. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm just going off the wall here, but... And, I mean, because it... it ties into the whole thing that's whenever they started shifting it yeah yeah so why not go from okay here's an old dude trying to survive with i mean grace jones was one of the if not the single biggest um uh, androgynous celebrities of her time of their time i believe like and right there was in the movie like it's so 80s and so over the top like you're trying to have that at the same time, you know, you need a massive shift. You need a, a big cultural shift to actually make that really work. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think that's it. Cool. But We're really, Latsonby is the best one. Two hours, that is true. <laughs> that is a long ep. Yeah. I mean, I kind of expected it to be. Oh, yeah. It's a lot of, a lot of coverage. Yeah. We so... didn't even talk about Bond songs. That's part of the whole iconic form. Oh, yeah. That's and true. you're really excited because Billie Eilish is the Ooh, latest one. It's a good song. Adele's fabulous, yep. really good. I mean, I think again, some of the Connery ones just Goldfinger's a classic. Gold it it is I remember for like the Bond fiftieth, they had the original singer, I forgot her name. Shirley Bassett? Yeah, Shirley Bassett. She she came out, I think, during the I think it was the Oscars Ooh. or whatever, and had her sing it and it was like, Okay, maybe not a great idea. <laughs> Because she seemed very much of like the, oh, yes, I'm old Hollywood. This is Broadway that I'm going to sing this now. It's like, uh-huh. Okay. Thank you for giving it your all, but okay. <laughs> all right. Well. Oh, Paul McCartney, too. He wrote one. Paul McCartney and Wings. Oh, yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Live and Let Die. And a great one, too. Oh, that's a, that's a banger. Yeah. Thunderball's pretty good. Shall we? <laughs> <laughs> We shall. For the last content episode. The last content episode. For now. I didn't think I sucked that bad. (laughs) Killed us forever. Yeah, you killed the podcast. It's your fault. Great. No, thanks everyone for listening. If you're hearing this, this is the audio version of the podcast. It's uh, on SoundCloud, iTunes. No, it's not on SoundCloud. It's no longer on SoundCloud. Sorry. Uh, It's on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, iHeartRadio, and, you know, other podcastery places um we're on social media sort of nominally that's going to scale back as we scale back the content episodes but it will resume with a vengeance at some point eventually when we get around to it yep um facebook twitter at justice losers pod instagram also that same handle at justice losers pod uh, we have a gmail justice losers pod at gmail.com where if you have a coherent argument that lazenby is the best font i kind of want to hear it i think he gets a bad rap but It'd be pretty tough to put them anywhere above about fourth place. Um, but yeah, five paragraph essays only, please. JustUsLosersPod at gmail.com. Um, if you want to give us some ideas or some topics you'd like to see us explore once we have the time to actually sit down and do some real digging for some heavy content episodes, start letting us know. Push us in some interesting directions. Spark some discussion. Love to hear it. Any or one of all of those places. Um... If you're listening to this, you're not watching the YouTube version. Last YouTube version, for now. For now. It'll come back. 
But uh, moving forward, we'll be back to our audio only until we scale back up into our big glorious content series or however we end up doing it. Um, but in the meantime, you can go back and check out our lovely smiling faces and Brendan's lovely smiling face also on YouTube. Uh, I just us losers pod at youtube.com. Is that how that works? <laughs> Probably. Uh, that's all I got. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Bye.